Hallelujah. Let's do that right now. Let's give God some glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for the testimony today, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness and mercies, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated one more time. I know you're going to feel like this is, uh, but I want to give honor to a gentleman. G.T. Haywood, um, that him and his wife, undoubtedly nearly every apostolic knows the name of Bishop Garfield Thomas Haywood. Bishop Haywood's early alignment with the oneness camp during the difficult years when the new issue was dividing the Pentecostal movement along doctrinal lines is a well-known chapter in our unique history of the Pentecostal church. He was a revered, revered, I'm sorry, revered Bible teacher, apologist, and hymn writer. The church that Bishop Hayward founded and pastored until his death in 1931, Christ Temple Apostolic Faith Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, was a center of apostolic revival and was seminal in the establishment of the of other oneness Pentecostal churches and ministries throughout Indiana and the entire Midwest Bishop Haywood received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on a snowy evening in February 1908 that uh, the makeshift church was a converted tin shop and was led by elder Henry Prentice who had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at Azusa Street uh, Azusa Street Mission in Los Angeles. In this humble setting, G.T. Haywood and his wife, Ida, were gloriously filled with the Spirit and began the spiritual training that would verge uh, on into a lifetime of devoted Pentecostal ministry. Sister Haywood was reluctant to accept her husband's calling into the ministry, but after he was injured in an accident at the foundry, where he worked, she acquiesced, she came on. In February 1909, only a year after their com conversion, the pair began meetings in an empty storeroom at 12th and Lafayette Street in downtown Indianapolis. A few months later, services were moved to a tent at West 13th and, Car and Canal. Consistently bad weather made the location less than optimal, and a small frame building at 12th and, Mi and Missouri Streets was secured. Elder Haywood felt led to hold a convention for area Pentecostals, but there was certainly not enough room for their present building. The Peniel Mission at 11th and Senate was rented for the occasion. Many were filled with the Holy Ghost in these meetings and the church continued to rent the space, which was finally purchased by the growing congregation in 1919. In the early days of Pentecostalism, churches were not generally named Pentecostals. Uh, named. Pentecostals were determined not to lapse into the formalism of the denominations from which they had emerged. The churches were customarily known only by their location 
this was the case with the 11th Street Senate, uh, 11th Street and Senate. Christ Temple optimized many of the original values of the earliest years of Pentecostal revival. The congregation was thoroughly integrated with whites and blacks, worshiping side by side. The church maintained a large degree of interracial unity even after the Pentecostal assemblies of the world suffered a racial divide in 1924 and convention photographs well into 1930s depicted the mutual crowds, the multi, excuse me, the multi-racial multi, multi crowds. It is impossible to estimate the number of churches, pastors, bishops, evangelists, and missionaries birthed out of Christ's temple. In Indiana alone, men, uh, alone, men like Bishop Morris E. Golder, James Tyson, and Oscar Sanders, all originally saints of Haywood's assembly, have left their own incredible marks on Hoosier Pentecostal history. Founding dynamic apostolic ministries, Bishop Haywood and the faithful saints that built Christ's temple have secured their place in apostolic history, and the church continues today as the oldest apostolic church in Indiana and a remarkable piece of our treasured Pentecostal heritage. He penned this song, I See a Crimson Stream of Blood. This song was written, written by African-American pastor and songwriter Bishop G.T. Haywood in 1920. He composed many gospel songs like Jesus, the Son of God, Do All in Jesus' Name, which are known for the oneness Pentecostal themes. This song is the one that he wrote and published on Calvary's Hill of Sorrow. I won't try to sing this one and hurt you today. On Calvary's Hill of Sorrow, where sin's demands were paid, and rays of hope for tomorrow across our path were laid. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. Today no condemnation abides to turn away. My soul from his salvation, he's in my heart to stay. When gloom and, and sadness whisper, You've sinned, no use to pray. I look away to Jesus, and he tells me to say. And when we reach the portal where life forever reigns, the ransom host grand final will be this glad refrain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give honor to G.T. Hayward this day in history for bringing along Pentecostal history of what we are allowed to endure today. Amen. I want to say something to this church. I want to say this to you, and this is in respect to every elder, every, and this is in respect to every soul in this church. And before I say what I'm going to say to you, I'm going to give an advertisement. Please stop by the link room after service for a treat from Sister McLean. Don't forget to turn your offerings in. And let me ask you this. Um, I, I'd like to ask you for another offering for Christmas for Christ. I pledged another $1,000. This church gave $3,900. I pledged another $1,000. I'm not asking to take an offering plate right now. 
Uh, but if you would, on the way out, just drop an offering in the, in the box, if you would, to help us reach that $1,000 that we have now pledged to Christmas for Christ. $47,500 figure to $50,000. Our district has not raised fi over $50,000 since 1985. It raised 58000 for the first time in history, Maryland, D.C., Christmas for Christ has rose $50,900 for sending men and women to, to reach the lost souls of our communities in North, American, in North America. And so with your help, maybe you can't do it, maybe you're not able to, but I will add, I'm just asking if you can to please drop in the offering box as you leave. I also want to let you know I, I want to start prayer on Monday night here at Grace Gospel in person again this Monday night. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to give you my, my little disclosure before I preach what I'm about to preach. Um, my father used to always tell me, uh, our bishop used to always tell me, prepare for retirement put away I said to him why should I put away Jesus is coming back he said the ants put away they prepare all summer long for the long winter and so I'm preaching to you because Jesus is coming back it's what I do it's what God has called me to do it's right now it's a serious burden in my spirit to preach to the church that Jesus is coming back. But though I preach Jesus is coming back, I don't know the day nor the hour, plus there are things that have to be put in place. But what you don't know is the day and the hour that you may die, which could be before the rapture takes place. But that just because I preach the rapture is about to take place, Jesus is coming back does not mean that you all don't stop living. Amen. That you continue to live. It's imperative that you continue to live. If I hadn't have done what my father said, we wouldn't have any money in the bank put away for retirement. I probably won't get to see it. In my mind, I would like to have it and spend it and use it for whatever we want to use it for. But if the day, if the Lord does not come back and I see retirement, I don't believe I will, but if I see it, then I'll have something because my father, our bishop, prepared me to be like the ant and put away. To prepare for the cold months, prepare for uh, famine when there is nothing to eat. So I encourage you, though, that I preach what I'm about to preach to you, which was confirmed to me by someone today that I am on point. When I get ready to give you the title, you will know what I'm talking about. I want you to stand for the reading of the Word of God. And I don't say what I've said in anger. I say it because God is coming back, but we are not to cease living. Amen. We are to live as if Jesus is coming back right now. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. We're to live as if Jesus comes, is coming back at the next few minutes, but not stop living. Amen. So Luke 17, 22 through 30, 
will be my beginning of the scripture. There will be a lot of scripture today. I feel like God is leading. I just, I, I think the church needs to be prepared. I want the church to be prepared. The Bible says when you're there, say amen. Mm, are you not there? All right. The Bible said in Luke 17, 22 through 30, and he said unto the disciples, the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them, for as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must we suffer many things and be rejected. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they did drink, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they did drink, and, brought, and they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, but the day that, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Father, this is your word. This is not me. This is your word. You are warning us, O oh God. You're preparing the people online, the people in this building, O oh God. God, I just pray you use me to its fullest, O oh God, to preach your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Let me start my timer. I keep forgetting to do this here lately. I do not know why. Um, so anyway, here's what I want to preach to you about. This, the title of my message is The Message for What Is to Come. The Message for What Is to Come. The Bible said in the, in the Amplified Version, it's the second coming foretold. It says, then he said to the disciples, the time will come when you will long to see even one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. They will say to you, look, the Messiah is here, or look, he is, he is here. Don't go away to see him. And do not run after him for just like the lightning when it flashes out of one part of the sky gives light to the other part of the sky. So visible will the son of man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be re repudiated, repudiated and rejected and considered unfit to be the Messiah by this unbelieving generation. And just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the time of the second coming of the Son of Man. The people were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and they were being given in marriage. They were indifferent to God until the day that Noah went into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same as it was in the days of Lot. People were eating, they were drinking, and they were buying they were selling, they were planting, 
They were building, carrying on business as usual without regard to their sins. But on the very day that Lot set left Sodom, in rain, I'm sorry, it rained fire and brimstone, burning sulfur from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Again, the message for today is the message for what is to come. This message is, I, I know that you feel like I'm preaching doom and gloom. I think, you, you know, I want you to understand I'm not preaching doom and gloom. What I'm preaching to is that we as God's people must be ready. If you will heed the message, if you'll listen to the message, the Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. The majority of the church world isn't even looking for the coming of Christ. They are preaching a feel-good message that sounds good and is drawing people by the thousands. They are preaching self-help, self-dependence, and be gods to themselves. That's where we are today. Amen. But Jesus warns against such preachers and calls them uh, prophets, uh, false prophets and antichrists. Amen. While the world view of Christianity is being attacked by the public and the media and the world rulers, God is putting things in place for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. His first coming was to save the world. The second will be to take the people uh, from the world as he begins to destroy the world. Matthew 24, 4 through 15 says this, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. There's two. What do you hear now? What is the news saying? Many, many are sitting here going, yeah, but I remember when Bishop preached that. I remember when Bishop, Bishop preached that. Ain't, the Lord ain't coming back for nobody. I just come because I want to come and be a part of the house of God, right? I got news for you. Jesus is getting ready to come back. I don't know when, and I don't know the day, but God's people do not have time to play church. We don't have time to keep... You know, when, when things of this world become more important than teaching our children, than teaching each other about the coming of the Lord, about having a relationship with God, having a, a, an ability to know the Word of God, the Bible says, hide the Word in your heart. Because there's going to be a day, I believe, that you won't have your Bible to be able to go back to and turn the pages and look at the word of God and be able to feed yourself. We had better begin to memorize the scripture and hold on to the scripture so that we might stand in the days of persecution, in the days that the false prophets come and rise, and they're already here. The Bible says, watch this, verse 6, I'll go back to verse 6 because I, I want you to hear verse 6 again. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But this answers all, you pe all the people that say, oh, well, I've heard him preach that all the time. But 
it stops, right? But for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. I'm not big on the news. I'm not a big political guy, as you know. But what news I have heard and have seen is the word now coming true. I mean, this is not my word. I, I'm, just, I'm just reading you God's word. Don't stop living. Don't stop living. I'm not telling you to stop living. I'm just telling you there's some things that are setting up for the coming of the Lord. We don't know the day nor the hour that Jesus is going to call me home for the rapture. So I'm preaching to a church to get the church ready because there's a day coming that the church is... You know, I, I remember the movie, you know, you say, well, you're just trying to scare us, Pastor. Look, whatever it takes to get you into heaven, I don't really care. If, it, if scaring gets you into heaven, then I'm thankful because I do not want nobody left behind. There was a movie that Bishop used to play for us young folk. It was called Left Behind. And literally, people were sitting in the pews, you know, uh, and there were people standing up, and all of a sudden, the Bible dropped, and they're gone. The only thing left was the Bible. And then there were still folks still sitting in a pew, and they're going, what just happened? Look what just happened. The Bible says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver, number 9, verse 9 said, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Verse 10 says, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. This is happening right now. Verse 11 says, And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. They're all across the airwaves right now. They're in pulpits this morning right now. Verse 12 says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The pleasure of this world right now, right now, the pleasure of this world is running rampant. People even in the church are running after the pleasure of the world, not the pleasure of God. I'm, I'm telling you. This is what to come. Don't stop living. Just get it right. Just get it right. But he that, in, he, he that shall endure to the end, this is some encouragement, the same shall be saved. That is what the message is all about. Verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall, and I used to go, oh, well, you know, we haven't got it all the way over into the deep jungles. Right? I said, like, God can't come till we get way, get some missionaries to go back into the jungles that aren't afraid of the, that aren't afraid of the snakes and the boa constrictors and everything else, the tigers, the lions, and whatever else they have over there, right? But, 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 but God has already sent missionaries. Right? That was what my mind was saying. But when, 
Ye therefore shall see the abomination and desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. Luke 21, 20. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. We're close to military uh, Afghanistan and everybody else trying to come in to Jerusalem and trying to, to war against Israel. Let me tell you something, church. God is preparing to come back. I'm not saying it's next week, next month, next year, but I'm telling you Jesus is coming back. I don't, and I don't know. I, I, someone said something to me the other day. My, life, my wife thinks I'm being morbid, but here's where I'm at. I said, I don't know what I got left. And none of you do either. Right? Everybody says, well, I, I want to live. I'm going to live forever. I got good health. Sister Teresa had good health and, and could have died, but God kept her. Right? Think about that. I remember going, I'm young. I'm too young. I'm, I don't, I've got too much to do before I give my life to God. I got too many things I want to do before I give my life to God. I, you know, y'all got all those do's and don'ts and, you know, things that you, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. I can't, I can't really live. Man, my life serving God has been better than it was serving the world and the, and the things of this world and the devil. My life has become better. I probably would already be dead if I was still living in the system of the world and not in Jesus' system. Amen. You know, the things that draw us, they, they mean nothing. They have nothing to do with salvation. They have nothing to do with eternal, with eternal life. Has nothing to do with my walk with God, the things that go on in this world. The world leaders have their sights set on Jerusalem, and the reason for that is because that is where God said he would put his name. We have the, to understand that God, where God is, Satan is because Satan desires to set up his kingdom. Satan is still trying to rule over God, and his main goal is to take as many people with him to hell as he can take. I'm commanded by the Lord as other men of God to sound the alarm. I'm not commanded to sin, stand here and sing and preach, not sing, I'd like to sing, but preach messages that are self-help messages. The messages that I must preach are messages God gives me for the church and for people that are lost. The church may say, I'm not lost, I'm saved. Check out. Why would God have me preach the message? Joel says in 2, 1 through 5, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. This is what God's saying. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and a gloom, gloom, gloominess. A day of clouds and a thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains. Great people and strong he there hath not seen even ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth them before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them is a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses 
and of horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots, on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people set in battle array. Revelations 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Jesus is coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. More now than ever, we need to ready ourselves. Not stop living. I'm not telling you don't stop living. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying it in a proper manner, right? And I hope you understand I'm talking about a, uh, a proper manner. I'm not saying go out and party, drink all the beer and alcohol you can drink, go, you know, uh, run around with a bunch of women, run around with a bunch of men. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, you still can live, right? And, and still know that there's, there's things that are out here that still, your future is still in God's hands, amen. But, but here we are today. We have people that need the Holy Ghost today. We have people in our family that are lost, as Sister Teresa said, family that are lost and dying and going to hell. We need to be praying that God would move. There is a day coming. I'm just preaching about what is to come. Amen. We need to be the body of Christ, praying for that which is to come, that our families be saved. If I'm not where I need to be, that I would get my life where I need to be so that I can come and pray for God to move. The journey to heaven, the promised land, isn't always a pleasant journey. It is full of heartache. And, and, and despair, but it is also, also full of victory. Amen? The grumble, they grumbled and they complained against Moses, but they needed him to guide them and, and they needed him for the miracles to happen along the way. They saw them, they benefited from them, and many of them died along the way because the path was too straight for them. Their hearts were still in Egypt, even though they were headed in the right direction. They couldn't get past, the, and they were left behind. They couldn't get past what they had left behind, and they were left behind. We often forget the de destination because we are always looking over our shoulders. Revelations 2, 7, he that hath an ear, I come back to he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. Listen, he's going to fulfill what we need fulfilled. He's going to bring strength to us to get us through this. Amen. He's the one that's going to uh, be giving us power to overcome. What are you leaving behind? I'm not leaving nothing behind. If family doesn't get their act together and come serve God, I don't, I can't, I, there's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't put a string around my ankle 
or a rope around my ankle and put 32 knots in it for all the family that's not serving God and hope that when I'm raptured, every one of them can grab onto the rope and make it up into the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen that way. Everyone's going to have to have their own walk with God. They're going to have to be at a place that they're sold out whether you receive me or not, whether you love me or not. I'm going to have to have my own walk with God. Whether my mother and my father deny me or... Uh, uh, separate themselves from me from what I teach or preach or how I walk with God no matter what no matter what I'm going to have to hold on have my own walk and they're going to have to have their own walk the Bible says work out your own salvation as a shepherd, I'm supposed to preach the gospel, preach what, preach what I see is happening in the, in, the, in the church, what I see happening in the world. Second Peter says this, 3, 10 through 11, but the day of the Lord will come as a what? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up everything I have everything I've worked for my home is going to be burned up my clothes are going to be burned up seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of person ought you be ought, ought ye to be in a holy conversation and godliness Starting at 11, 2 Peter 3, 11 through 14 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of people, what manner of persons ought ye to be in the holy conversation of God and, and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the Lord God, wherein the heavens bring fire, or being on fire, shall be dissolved. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens, new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness wherefore beloved seeing that ye look for such things be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without a spot or blameless i found that fear fear is the prop fear is fear is in the prophecy of the end time fear is gripping the heart of people from around the world it's even gripping the church it's gripping the church. It's gripping everyone. But we understand that uh, God is coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. Amen. Fear of gas prices soaring higher than what they already are. Groceries at a time, all-time high um, than they've ever been. Escalating each day because of the grass, gas prices. And then there's going to be a food shortage. And then there's going to be even more coming on. And, 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 and we already have seen where shelves were wiped clean because of the pandemic and the, the Omicron and uh, everything that's going on. But Jesus said in Revelations 1.8, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, Almighty. Verse 17 said, Fear not, I am the first and the last. David said in Psalm 7.1, O Lord, this is in the King James, O Oh Lord, my God, 
In thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. Psalms 18.2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Listen, it, it, it comes down to reading the word of God, knowing the word of God, preparing for what's to come. Daniel 11.32 said, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries but the people that do know their god shall be strong and do exploits matthew 24 13 says this but he that shall the same shall be saved we know that there are more natural diseases and disasters going on around us right now mankind you know of mankind's history earthquakes tornadoes tsunamis volcano eruptions omicron now lives by thousands are being lost by different disasters that are happening around the world we know that chile was hit we know that everything is happening little children wandering around in search of food people are starving to death by millions people worst off uh, with hope uh, people worst of all with hope of being saved while while we have every opportunity to give to mankind and to turn God and, and to turn to God and we don't when will America feel the effects of this worldwide destruction well it won't be long it won't be long America has become prideful a bunch of prideful people and we are going to fall very hard. We will turn away from serving God. America already has turned away from serving God. They've already indulged in the riches of things of the world, things of the flesh, things of what's going on in America. They're telling you to buy gold. Spend your money, buy gold, buy gold. Who's going to buy, who's going to buy your gold? What are you going to buy with gold? Right? They're just trying to make money off your money to buy that gold. And then you're going to go, well, hey, I need some food. What do you do, shave some gold? The Bible tells me that there's going to be a day when the mark of the beast comes. That's how you'll buy and sell. That's how you'll trade with the mark. Revelations 3, 15 through 21, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold, invigorating, refreshing, nor hot, healing, therapeutic. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm spiritually unless and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust, because you say I am rich and have prospered and grown wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked without hope and in greed today. Let me tell you something. This is the scripture is talking about the world. This is where America is. We, we are at a place uh, 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 where we all are, it's greed, it's whatever I can do to put in my pocket, it isn't anything about the Lord who helped found us and what we are founded on, amen. And, and verse 18 says, I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot, refined by fire, so that you may become truly rich 
and white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen and healing salve to put on your eyes so that you may see. Verse 19 says, Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I rebuke and discipline, showing them their faults and instruction, instructing them. So be enthusiastic and repent. I'm telling you right now, I'm probably getting all kinds of dislikes on Facebook. Right now, I'm probably, you've already checked out on me. Hear what thus saith the Lord. I'm not, I'm not, I'm preaching to myself. Whether you receive the word or not, I'm preaching to myself. God gave me this word. I've got to prepare myself for the coming of the Lord. Listen, I do not want to be left behind. I don't want to see the church left behind. God is trying to warn the church and tell the church and church family and online families that we need to prepare for the coming of the Lord. And we don't know the day nor the hour that he will return, nor do the angels. So any man that stands before you and says it will be, um, it will be on uh, February 15th at 2.35, Jesus will be coming. Get your life right. I would be a false prophet. So what he says to them, instructing them, so be enthusiastic and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your simple behavior. Seek God's will. Verse 20 said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Somebody said, why don't you preach positive? I'm preaching positive. I'm telling you to get into the kingdom of God. Jesus is sitting there. He's knocking on your door. He wants you to make it in. There's no other better positive message than I can preach, and that is to ready ourselves for the coming of the Lord. I don't want to be left here on earth with the misery and the mess that's going on. Amen. Jesus is coming back for a people that have prepared themselves. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock, continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me and my throne, as I also overcame and sat down beside my Father on his throne. So according to the book of Revelations, two billion people in the, on the face of the earth will die during the end time. Our world is not prepared to receive that kind of death casualty. We live in modern times. Nothing like that will ever happen is what we say. That is thinking, that, 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 how could mankind even think about that? How could, that's not even fathom. I can't even fathom that, but God's word tells us different. The prophecy hits us in the face like a ton of bricks in Revelations 9, 15. And the four angels who were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month, already prepared. God already had it set in stone of when it was going to be and when it's going to be, which were prepared for an hour. They're prepared for the day and they're already prepared for the month and the year to what? What's the word say? Slay the third part of men. This, when does the Bible say this war will occur? The sixth trumpet. My wife will be teaching on 
Revelations soon. You won't, you won't want to miss it. But the sixth trumpet war must occur before the beginning of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation is the three and one-half year period that will immediately precede the Battle of Armageddon. How do we know the Euphrates River War must happen before the Great Tribulation? The Bible says it. Revelations 9, 13 through 21. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for, the, to, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horse in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. And by these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents, heads, uh, and had heads. And with them they did hurt, they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not. This is the word. And the rest of these men, the rest of the men which were not killed by the plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of God and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murderers, nor of their sorcerers, nor of their fornication, nor of their thieves. The book of Revelations 10, the beginning of the Great Tribulation, was recorded, and I'm coming to a close. In verse 5, an angel stands with one foot on the land and one foot in the water, declaring the day, or declaring that delay shall be no longer. Right after Revelations 11 describes the events of the final three and one half years preceding the Battle of Armageddon, in Revelations 11:2, we are told that Jerusalem will be trodden down by Gentile, by, of the Gentiles for the next 42 months. That's three years. Then Revelations 11.3 says this, God's two witnesses begin their ministries, which continue for the next 1,260 days, another three years, until the end of the tribulation period. And in, in, at the end of Revelation 11, the two witnesses are killed. The last trumpet sounds, the battle of Armageddon takes place. It is time that Jesus Christ returns. It is at this time that Jesus Christ returns for the church. And he reigns. The same sequence of events in Daniel 12, 1 and 7. An angel stands upon the waters and declares that there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to the time referring to the Great Tribulation. One asked the angel, how long 
it would be until all this war was over. He answered until a time, times and a half. That's three years. Both of these accounts described an angel declaring the beginning of time of great tribulation, which will last for three and one half years. And we know that according to biblical prophetic timeline given in Scripture, four major prophetic fulfillments will have to occur. Approximately, maybe around the same time, the international community adoption of a peace plan for the Middle East. We know that the, the building of Israel's temple on the mount has to be done. Preparation being made for implementation of the mark of the beast. And then the war at the Euphrates River. I don't know how much you keep up with what's going on, but history is showing us that Jesus is readying himself to come back for the church. Maybe this hasn't pricked your heart. Maybe, this, maybe you're bored to death with what I've just spoke. But this is what is to come. Maybe we're fine. Maybe we're where we need to be in the Lord. Stand with me, please. Maybe everything is all well. But I know this, that the Lord is coming back. And I am sounding a trumpet. I'm sounding the horn. I don't know about you, but I have family that are lost. I have family that needs Jesus. I've got extended family that needs the Lord. I've got family connected to me in this church right now uh, by marriage that needs to be saved. They need the Lord. They need Jesus. I've got to do everything I can to see them saved. I can't get caught up in what they're doing. I've got to get caught up in praying to seek the face of God. What they're doing is they don't know what they're doing. We think they know what they're doing. We think they know better. My Bible tells me hearts wax cold. Consciences are seared. Anytime that people can do the atrocities, I, uh, I just received an article from Focus on the Family. Listen, I say this with much respect. There were men, two men, three men, something like that in a, in a mall. And they were, they were a ring. They, they watched children. And they, this husband and wife took their daughter to the mall, was walking around the mall, didn't pay a whole lot of attention. One man snatched them. Well, when they realized that their daughter had been snatched, they went after the man. The man handed her off to another man, which... Then they had to try to, you know, had to catch him. It almost was like a football game with their child. They were able to catch, catch him and get their child back. But a world that we live in does not care about you. It doesn't care about your feelings. Doesn't care about your child. They're going to put that child in a sex ring, and they're going to put that child and let that child be abused by men that will rip her whole insides out. I'm sorry for being so plain, but I'm telling you we're living in a world that we want to be ungraphic in the church, but the world is graphic. 
We want to sugarcoat it in the church, but the world doesn't sugarcoat it. It comes to you just as poisonous as it can be. And if the shepherd does not warn the body and prepare them for what is to come, there are things that are unfolding right now and unraveling that we are not prepared yet. We must get closer to God. We must get rooted in the Word of God. We must walk in this place already sold out that when we walk in, I've already came. Somebody's going to be healed today. Somebody's going to be restored in the Holy Ghost today. Somebody needs healing today. Somebody needs a renewing in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs children saved. Somebody needs this. Somebody needs a husband saved. Somebody needs a wife saved. And when I walk in, I've got to have a made-up mind. That even if I don't see them in the house of God, God, they're going to be saved. God, they're going to be standing around here walking around this church with their hands raised up. And if it's not in this church, God, they're going to be in a, a Pentecostal church somewhere walking around with holy hands lift, lifted up, serving you and magnifying you, becoming missionaries, becoming prophets, becoming he, uh, uh, gifts of, having gifts of healing. I can come in here, I can come in here so easily and just say, well, what is the use? I want us to be ready. Luke 12, 40 says, be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. The Amplified says it like this. You too be continually ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Maybe everyone here has been has repented of their sins, been the Holy Ghost. If you haven't, you can receive the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Maybe... Maybe it's been a while since you've felt the flow of the Holy Ghost. We had a phenomenal service Sunday night. I mean phenomenal. Minister Tiana preached a message. A, a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal message. God is raising up more in this church and other churches in Jesus' name. Amen. There's going to be more ladies, more men that are going to be called by the Lord to begin to preach and teach the Word of God. That is the only way we're going to see the great revival to be able to handle the great revival. We're going to see the great revival, but for us to handle it, God's got to raise people up that are committed, sold out, ready, connected, ready to do the will of God, ready to be obedient to the Word of God, ready to raise hands before God and say, God, if there be any sin in my life, Lord God, I ask you to search me and forgive me. God, I want to see in these last days, I want to see miracles, signs and wonders. I want to see blinded eyes opened. I want to see deaf ears opened. I want to see your glory, Lord God. I close. I felt how hard it was to preach 
but I want you to know God is God is trying to get our attention when you miss when you miss you're missing out on that drink from the well of Jesus the Lord is calling all of us closer his return is nearer than it's ever been before I'm not saying it's tomorrow next week next year I want you to continue to live a, a good Christian life right we know how to live for God I'm not giving you permission to live wild and crazy and worldly I'm telling you to keep living but prepare for the coming of the Lord prepare for the coming of the Lord I'm opening the altar right now I know this is not a message that causes you to want to run it's not a message that causes you to hang from the chandeliers and shout hallelujah this is a time of self checking this is a time where you begin to look at your inner man and your inner woman and and just kind of search your own soul search your own heart and find out you know just find out ask God am I where I need to be am I am I truly where I need to be Lord that if you were to come back at 1159 would I be ready would I be ready? It's 1137. At 11.59, would I be ready if you called me home? If, if I, even if you don't return for the whole church, would I be ready if you called me home at 11.59? That's it. Bonnie. You called
Yeah. 
Precious blood of 